This morning we'll be looking at Lamentations chapter 4 in its entirety. Lamentations chapter 4, looking at verses 1 through 22. I'll be speaking on the topic, a good thing gone bad. A good thing gone bad. The people of God, the chosen people of God, the precious people of God, the people that God has treasured because of their sin and their wickedness, God has had to judge them. And now they're seeing the consequence. They're experiencing the consequences of that judgment and know how that judgment has come. And we'll be looking at that here in chapter four. Lamentation chapter four, verses one through 22. This is an outline, just a short outline, four points, four main points. Verses 1 through 11, we'll see the misery of the people. That's verses 1 through 11. Verses 12 through 16, we'll see the failure, the failure of the leaders. Verses 17 through 20, we'll see the inadequacy of help. The inadequacy of help. Verses 21 through 22, we'll see there the confession. The confession of hope. So hear God's word. How the gold has grown dim. How the pure gold is changed. The holy stones lie scattered at the head of every street. The precious sons of Zion worth their weight in fine gold. How they are regarded as earthen pots. The work of a potter's hand. Even jackals offer the breast. They nurse their young, but the daughter of my people has become cruel. Like the ostrich in the wilderness, the tongue of the nursing infant sticks to the roof of his mouth for thirst. The children beg for food, but no one gives them, gives to them. Those who once feasted on delicacies, perish in the streets. Those who were brought up in the purple embrace ash heaps. For the chastisement of the daughter of my people has been greater than the punishment of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment and no hands were wrung for her. Her princes were pure than snow, whiter than milk, their bodies were more ruddy than coral. The beauty of their form was like sapphire. Now their face is blacker than soot. They are not recognized in the streets. Their sin, or their skin has shriveled on their bones. It, it has become dry as wood. Happier was the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger who wasted away, pierced by lack of the fruits of the field. The hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children. They have become their food during the, the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord gave full vent to his wrath. He poured out his anger and he kindled a fire in Zion that consumed its foundations. The kings of the earth did not believe nor any of the inhabitants of the world that foe or enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. This was for the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who shed in the midst of her the blood of the righteous. They wandered blind through the streets. They were so defiled with blood that no one was able to touch their garments. Away, unclean people cried to them. Away, away, do not touch. So they became fugitives, wanderers. People said among the nations, they shall stay, uh, they shall stay with us no longer. The Lord himself has carried them. He will regard them no more. No honor was shown to the priests, no favor to the elders. Our eyes fell, ever watching vainly for help. In our watching, we watched for a nation which could not save. 
they dodged our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end drew near and our days were numbered for our end has come. Our pursuers are swift, were swift with the eagles in the head as the, uh, let me read that again. Our pursuers were swifter than the eagles in the heavens. They chased us on the mountains. They lay in wait for us in the wilderness. The breath of our of our nostrils, the Lord's anointing, was captured in their pits, of whom we said, under his shadow we shall live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of us, but to you also the cup shall pass. You shall become drunk and strip yourself bare. The punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. How uh, He will keep you in exile no longer. But your iniquity, O daughter of Edom, he will punish. He will uncover your sins. This may sound like a, a rehearsal of what the prophet has already said. And you may wonder, in chapter 3, the prophet has already discussed the, the fact that God is a, a merciful God, that his uh, mercy and his compassions are new every morning. And it may seem strange that now the prophet, that the prophet Jeremiah goes back to discussing the, the state of Jerusalem and Judah. Why would he go back to discussing you know, going back and, and going back over some of the things that we've already discussed about the people and their suffering. Well, we should never forget about the, the, the our sin and its consequences. That's why. Why does he go back and rehearse now after he talked about God being merciful? We should never forget. We should never forget our sin and its consequences that it caused uh, our God, our holy God, to send the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And we also experience consequences in the here and now because of the sin that we committed in the past. And we should never forget the consequences of sin. God desires that we understand that he has had mercy upon us. And because, of, once again, we, we are deserving of, of death in, in every way, physical death, spiritual death, before God saved us in Christ, we, we were deserving of death. But in 1 Peter 2, chapter 10, it said, but now you have received mercy. Because you have received mercy, there is a way that we are expected to live. The people of Israel had received mercy being chosen by God. They are no different than the Babylonians. They're no different than all the other people who were judged by God because they were sinful. Israel is no different. No different. And, 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 and yet, the privilege that they had because they experienced the mercy of God, they did not take advantage of it. They resisted God. They resisted God at every turn throughout the, the whole Testament, the whole Old Testament in the whole Old Testament. We as, as you if you read it, you will see that the people of God resisted God time and time again. And God had mercy upon them time and time again. And it got to a point to where God. God in his his mercy said that now the time of your judgment has come. He judged the people. He didn't, he didn't destroy them. There are some that are still living, but oh, how the mighty has fallen. And that's what we see here in, in this passage. And so let's look, at, let's look at our text here this morning. Look at verse number one. Jeremiah here in verse number one, he, he refocuses our attention again and he does it by expressing astonishment. Remember the word, the word how. Uh, it started out this, uh, started out in, in uh, Lamentations chapter one. That was 
the 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 first word uh start that started there and this 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 Jeremiah is looking and saying the situation that Jerusalem is in is is a a shocking situation it it is it is shocking because of the contrast of who they are now in contrast to who they they were before and how things were in the condition they were in before God's judgment had come and Jeremiah he 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 sets up a contrast and and look at look at the text he says how the gold has grown dim how the pure gold is changed the holy stones lie scattered at the head of every street now we know that gold never changed gold doesn't change all right so uh gold doesn't change uh in a sense really gold doesn't grow dim or darken so jeremiah he has to be speaking uh metaphorically here the gold and and uh the gold and the holy stones that jeremiah referred to here it could refer to the gold of the temple but babylonian they came and they have ransacked jerusalem so if there is any gold you think that there would be gold laying out in the streets? Right? There, there wouldn't be any any gold. It, it says the holy stones lie scattered at the, 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 the there wouldn't be any gold left in the city because Babel, the Babylonians would have would have and the enemies of Israel would have plundered the whatever uh precious metals that, that was there. So Jeremiah is is speaking metaphorically here. Uh, of the people, which we'll see in verse two, it says the precious Zion, the precious sons of Zion. Jeremiah is speaking about the the people, the people of God, the the, the people of, of Judah. At one time, God considered Judah to be a treasure in His sight. He said of His people in Exodus, in Exodus nineteen verses five through six, it says, "Now therefore, if you will indeed." Obey my voice and keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured, treasured possession among all the peoples, among all the people. If the people of God, the God, the people that God has has chosen, the nation of Israel, if they obeyed his his commandments, they would be his treasured possession among all the people. For all the earth is mine, God says. In verse six, he says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That that is God's desire for the for the people of Judah. But they responded with rebellion. They did not heed his word. And now they have grown dim. Zechariah verse uh, chapter nine verse sixteen uh, again says of of the people of Israel how they were treasured. It says on that day the Lord their God will save them as the flock of his people for like the jewels talking about the people like the jewels of a crown they shall shine in his land that's Zechariah chapter 9 verse 16 the people uh were, were were to glitter and and to to be a light in the land and now they have their light have grown grown dim they have changed they have become morally corrupt. And it could be said today of the people that there are those who perhaps today that are in churches who are not shining the light of Christ. They're like salt that has lost its savor. They're not salty anymore. They don't they 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 don't desire to do the things of God that they once desired to do. They have lost their saltiness. And and this what what is what has happened to the nation of Israel should should and and, and understanding the blessings that they had, that should trouble us as the people of God who has experienced the God's mercy, the mercy that he has shown forth in Christ. We should strive to keep our light bright. We should strive to continue to be salty in a world that is filled with decay. We should heed this warning that our light can grow dim. 
Verse two says the precious sons of Zion. This is those who are dear to God, the precious sons of Zion. God, those who, God, these people are dear to God. It says worth their weight in fine gold, how they are regard, regarded as earthen pots, the work of a potter's hand. Remember Jeremiah chapter 18, we read that uh, last week and how uh, God said that the nation, his people are, are, are just like uh, a, a clay in his hand that he can do with them uh, whatever he pleases. In, in Jeremiah chapter 19, uh, God told Jeremiah to go in and take clay pots and go before the elders and take those pots and, and smash them on the ground. And that's signifying what was going to come up on the nation if they didn't obey God. And the and the 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 and what Jeremiah and the word that Jeremiah had preached to the people. They not, they were precious. They were precious stones. They they were precious in the sight of God. And now God considers them as common pots, earthenware. What a tragedy for those who had experienced such blessing. The people, they were more precious to God at one time, like gold. Now they're easily broken and discarded, but yet they're in the hands of the, the sovereign potter. So the people as a whole, they have lost their, their brightness as uh, in living for the glory of God. And the, the impact went all the way down to the children. The children were hit hard by the crisis in Judah. Look at verse number three, and we see how. It says, even jackals offer the breast. They nurse their young, but the daughter of my people has become cruel, like the ostriches in the wilderness. Wild animals care, like the jackals care for their young. That, that, that is instinctive. They care for the young. But Jerusalem was unable to care for the children that resided in Jerusalem. During the siege, the siege that went on for 18 months, the, the, the people uh, could not provide food for the children. And they're starving. And, and, and Jeremiah compares Jerusalem and the people of Jerusalem to the, the mother ostrich. The mother ostrich who lays her eggs and and leave them to hatch lays the egg and it just leaves them uh to to hatch and to to, to care for themselves and Jer uh, job described this in in job 39 turn over to job chapter 39 job describes the the mother the mother ostrich job chapter 39 Verse 13, verses 13 through 15. Says the wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are they the pinions and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and let them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beast may trample them. She deals cruelly. Look, look what it says. She deals cruelly with her young as if they were not hers. Though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear. And in our passage, Jeremiah is comparing the people of Jerusalem to a to an ostrich. And Job said she deals with her, her, her offspring cruelly. The people of God, uh, who should be caring uh, for the children. In a sense, they are trying to provide food for themselves rather than for their children. And we'll see that later on. The tongue of the nursing infant sticks to the roof of his mouth for thirst. The children beg for food, but no one gives them. But no one gives to them. The, the nursing children, the children, the innocent nursing children who should be cared for, 
were filled with hunger and thirst because Jeremiah says no one provided for them. And so the children are impacted by this crisis and, and the adults themselves. Look at verse number five. It says those who once feasted on delicacies perish in the street. Those who were brought up in purple embrace ash heaps. Those who were rich at one time. <laughs> this is this is kind of gross with Jeremiah, the picture that he's painting here, because you know what an ash heap is? It's a it's a, a dung pile. It it, it dung hills. Uh, it's the the people who were rich at one time are looking for food in ash heaps. They're looking. They're going and and going through these these dung piles looking for food to eat. When we were in Oklahoma City earlier this week. And I don't know if you've been to Oklahoma City lately, but there's a lot of homeless people everywhere. And as I was, we were going around, as a, I, I was thinking about this passage here. H homeless people, they were right at a stoplight. Now, there, was, there was a the lady had a makeshift tent set up, and it looked like she had just used the bathroom. No, no kind of, you know, no kind of decency, and and you know, and as I'm thinking about that, God, when He gives, when God gives His people, gives people, I should say, when God gives people over, I mean, they don't care about how they live. I mean, this is what we're, this is this is what we're we're reading. They they do not care how they are living. God has given them over, and they don't care. They're they're trying to get food out of out of ash heaps. And, and, and we'll see later on that they're taking the children and, and they boil their children for food. I mean, we see something similar to that in our day, don't we? Abortion. People are killing people. Women are, are killing their children for the sake of their own pleasure. And I'm not saying that. God has given this nation over, but we see some parallels in our passage. And that's why we have to, as God's people, be careful. Don't. The, 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 I remember a preacher saying that the, the action is in the church. What God is doing in our day and time is in the church. And therefore, because of that, we should be concerned about how we are living our lives before a watching world. The world is going to go the way of the world. We take the gospel to the world, but we should give more emphasis to how we are living our lives. These are the people of God that we are that we're reading about here. And, and, and this is an example of God's displeasure at the, the sinfulness of his people. The, the children are are filled with thirst and hunger. The, the, the people who were once eating delicacies are now eating, trying to eat from ash heaps, rubbish bins, like going to the trash can outside of this building here and trying to get some food out of the trash. Can you imagine that, people of God, beloved? The, 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 the picture Jeremiah is painting is that the people of God are have their, their because of their resistance to God and his commands, they're rather than be in the building and worship and obey God, they go out to the trash can and get some, try to get food out of the trash can. Let that picture sit in your mind. How, how unreasonable is that? They didn't have to go through all that we are reading that we're going to read about. They didn't have to go through all of that. All that they had to do was to submit to God. And they didn't. They, they resisted God. They contended and God. God punished them because of their resistance and rebellion. Look at verse number six. For the chastisement of the daughter of my people has been greater than the punishment of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment and no hands were wrong for her. Sodom, when it was destroyed, it was 
it was God destroyed it directly, and it was a swift judgment upon uh, Sodom when God judged Sodom. But the people of God, Judah's punishment is not swift. It it is it, it is drawn out and it's slow. Harrison noted, quote, he said, much of the suffering and hardship associated with the reduction of Jerusalem, and this is what I was saying earlier, could have been avoided. It could have been avoided by a form of surrender of the city to the enemy and a procedure which Jeremiah had recommended. However, the, the same willful and obstinate spirit which had rejected divine mercies time and time again brought upon itself uh, its just deserts by insisting that Jerusalem be defended to the last. This is, this is self-induced. What, what, what the people are experiencing, they brought it up on themselves. The, the judgment of God, they brought it up on themselves. They would not submit. They would not say to God, have your way. And it's similar in our day and time. People, there are some who will say they come to church and they think that that they're supposed to tell the preacher what to do rather than the preacher tell them what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I will sit in judgment on what you're saying and see if it's the right thing for me to do. We, we're no different than these obstinate people of Israel. We, we deserve God's wrath, but, but beloved, thank God for his mercy in Christ. Verse number seven, her princes were purer than, than, than snow, whiter than milk. Their bodies were more rooted in coral. The beauty of their form was like sapphire. Verse eight, now their face is blacker than soot. They are, are not recognized in the street. Their skin has shriveled on their bones. It has become dry as wood. These people who were once beautiful and healthy, they've been reduced to skin and bones. Their fair skin, those who are beautiful, their skin is darkened, which revealed that, that they have poor health. And they're nearing death. Their, their skin is, has shriveled up on their bones and it's dry as wood. Verse nine. Happier are the victims. This sound like Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Happy, happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger. Who wasted away pierced by lack of the fruits of the field. Those who have died was, in a sense, were much better off than those who are living because they're, they're, they're suffering. They're suffering slowly. Day by day, they're being wasted away. Verse number 10, the hands of compassionate. Notice how Jeremiah set, set this up. The hands of compassionate women. What is the hands of compassionate women who are compassionate? What are the hands of the compassionate women doing? What are they doing? The hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children. They have become their food during the destruction of the daughter of my people. The compassionate women are so destroyed by hunger that they've forgotten their motherly care for their children. So to preserve their own lives, they boil their children in pots to eat them for food. This is real. This is, God has put this in the pages of scripture so that we can understand how bad sin is and his displeasure at sin. God allowed his people to do this. Verse number 11, the Lord gave vent, full vent to his wrath. He poured out his hot anger. He kindled a fire in Zion that consumed his fire. This is God, God has done this. What is happening in Judah indicate this, this is showing us that God is pouring out his wrath upon his people 
for their gross sins and hardened hearts. Again, thank you. Thank you, God, for Jesus Christ. I went out to note it because of the, the rebellion of the people. They didn't want to heed. They are just, they're holding their ground. God, we will not give ourselves to you. And 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 they, they're holding their ground and, and, and they're they're eating their children. And it's all because they will not obey God. One author says this, and those who resist God, he says, when morality is no longer seen as an absolute and becomes subject to private opinion, morality dies. And morality has died in the nation of God's people. Morality has died because God's word is not absolute. They have disobeyed, they're, they have they're rejected God's word. And that could be said for our nation. And more so for those who claim to be believers. Private interpretation is more important than what God said in his word. Clarity of God's word is, is no longer uh, uh, seen to be important. Well, that's your opinion. That ain't my opinion. This is this is what's happening behind the scenes. The, the people of God, they're rejecting God's word and God gives them what they want. You reject me. Now I'm going to give you what you want. It, it is so sad. Look at verse number 12. We see the failure of the leaders. We see the misery of the people. Now we see the failure of the leaders in verses 12 through 16. The king of the earth did not believe nor any of the inhabitants of the world that four enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. They assumed, they assumed because God's protection of Jerusalem in the past, they assumed that that would continue to be. The citizens of Jerusalem believed that the city was just untouchable. There is no way that the enemies, that the enemies of Israel are going to come through the gates of Jerusalem. Presuming on the mercy of God. Verse 13, this was for the sins of her prophets. It wasn't because God failed. The enemies came in and destroyed Jerusalem. It was because of, of the sins of her, of her prophets. It's, the leaders failed and the iniquities of her priests who shed in the midst of her the blood of the righteous. The prophets and the people, they, they perverted God's word. They, the, the, the prophets prophesied false prophecies. The, they, the, the priests and, and the prophets gave false counsel and encouragement to the people. And the result is that people lost their lives. Jeremiah was the, the, the only true prophet who spoke the word of God. And all others spoke false prophecy. They, they spoke that which wasn't God's word. And now the consequences has come and people are dying. One of the scriptures that when I realized that God was calling me into uh, ministry in the church was Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. And it says, son, uh, so you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel, made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Wherever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If you say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way and the wicked person shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and do 
and and he does not turn from his way that person shall die in his iniquity but you will have delivered your soul end quote the 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 those who god had put forth to tell the people what he has said if they fail to tell the people what god said the blood of those people those prophets will be on the hand the death of the people will be on the hands of the prophet and i read when i read this as a you know young christian i was i was like man i remember taking all kind of notes you know going to bible study i had a green notebook full of notes little green army notebook full of notes and i'm and 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 the holy spirit brought to my mind what are you doing with what what you getting all that word? What are you doing? You you're taking all these notes. You got all these this, this wisdom that you're that you're gaining from the word of God. What are you doing with? And then this somebody preached on this passage right here, and it shook me. You know, and I know that this is Old Testament. God is not you know if people uh, this was true for the prophets, not true for pastors and ministers today. But it shook my soul. And I went and talked to the pastor and said, you know what? And, uh, and I said, look, I read this and, and I believe God is calling me to preach. And he told me to go read another passage. And, and here it is. I'm here today. But what the point I'm making is that this is, this is telling the world what God says is a serious thing. For the, for the prophets, they didn't warn the, the people, if they weren't like watchmen on the wall and when God gave the people a warning and the, they failed to tell the people the warning that came from God, the blood of the people were going to be on the hands of the prophets. And that's what and this is what we, this is what Jeremiah is saying. It said they had it said who shed in the midst of her the blood of the righteous, the, the prophets and the priests were guilty. in a sense of shedding blood because they didn't tell the people what God said. In verse 14, what is the result? God took away the favor of, of, of the prophets and the priests. They, verse 14, they wandered blind through the streets. They were so defiled with blood that no one was able to touch their garments. The, the people, and this is, once again, speaking figuratively, the people understood that it was the prophets and the, and the, the priests who was partly responsible for what they're going through. They're responsible for what is happening. They're partly responsible for what is happening. And the people understanding this, that, that they were deceived by the prophets and the priests, they, they now see the prophets and the priests as being defiled by blood. And they couldn't be touched. They, in a sense, they were treated like lepers. Look at verse 15. These are the prophets and the priests who prophesied falsely away unclean. This is the because the people understood that they prophesied falsely and that the that all those who have died was the result of these people not telling, uh, telling uh, the people of God what God said they, away unclean. People cry at them away, away. Do not touch them. And they went away from from the people of God said so that. Uh, they became fugitives and wanderers. People said among the nations, they shall stay with us. No, they went to other nations and they were cast out even from there. They were shunned by their countrymen. They were shunned by foreign, by foreign nations. They sought rest and refuge and couldn't find none. <laughs> Being in the ministry back in those days was a serious thing. It still is a serious thing. It is serious in, in, in the sense that Christ died so that we could have the, the ministry of grace that we have now. It's a serious thing. Souls are at stake. John MacArthur, the, the motto, I think, of the Master Seminary said, we train men like lives, 
depend upon it. I think that's the way it goes. It's a serious thing. Verse 16, the Lord himself scattered them. This is the Lord doing this to the to the priests and the 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 the, the elders. He said he will regard them no more. No honor was shown to the priests, no favor to the elders. The Lord has scattered them because they're not worthy of their office. He no longer regards them as prophets and priests and elders. And nor were the people to show them respect. It's a serious thing. And then we see that the people stubbornness and that they turn to other nations, the inadequacy of help, verses 17 through 20. 17, our eyes fail, ever watching vainly for help. Now, who are they watching? Who are they looking to? The other nations. Primarily, they, they were looking to Egypt for help against the Babylonians, thinking that if the, the Egyptians sided with them, they could help defend off the Babylonians. Said they're ever watching vainly for help. And in our watching, we watch for a nation which could not say, if God is against you, there is nothing anybody can do. If God is against a nation, I don't care what you do. You can pass legislation. You, I don't care what you do. If God turns his back on a nation, it's done. And I don't care what kind of help they go to. They won't succeed. They won't find help. Turning away from God is, is useless. Verse 18, they dodged our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end drew near. Our days were numbered for our end had come. They, they, they understood that the end was coming and yet they did not turn to God. <laughs> they did not repent. They had, even up to this point, they haven't repented yet. Verse 19, our pursuers were swift and eagles in the heavens. They chased us on the mountains. They lie in wait for us in the wilderness. Wherever they went, the enemy was there. You cannot get away from God if he's after you. In judgment and in salvation. I think it was the Spurs who said, God is like the hound of heaven. If God is coming, if God is going to save you, he will save you. But if God is going to bring judgment upon you, that judgment will come one day. And the people of Israel, judgment had come and they couldn't escape no matter where they went. Verse 20, the breath of our nostrils, the Lord's anointed, was captured in their pits of whom we said, under his shadow, we shall live among the nations. The breath of his nostrils, it was a, this was a term that was used for God. And the Lord's anointed was a term that was used for the Messiah. But who are they using this term for? The king. Uh, king Zedekiah. The king of Judah. The last king of the house of David. They were they they used these terms to uh, and applied these terms to him and said, under his shadow, we shall live among the nations. No hurt, harm or danger going to come to us because we got the we got the king of Israel on the throne. But we know Zedekiah was a he was a, a, a weak king. He, he, he was the one that condoned all the religious corruption. And he didn't listen to Jeremiah, which was the most important. He didn't listen to the, the word of God that came through Jeremiah. And so they thought that because they were under, the, they had a king, that they would be, be protected. Because this is a representative of the house of David. We're, we're confident that God would never do anything to overthrow the house of David. But we know what happened to Zedekiah. He was captured. His sons were killed. <laughs> so much for that hope. Verse 20 and 21. 
the confession. But there is hope for the people. Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, you who dwell in the land of us. But to you also the cup shall pass. Judgment now is going to pass from the eventually is going to pass from Judah to Edom. You shall become drunk and strip yourself there. Judgment is coming, is what Jeremiah is saying. Verse 22, the punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. There is coming a, there's coming a time when when uh, the time has come where, where God's judgment upon the people uh, will be completed. And he says he will keep you in exile no longer, but your iniquity, O daughter of Edom, he will punish. He will uncover your sins. And so this is the hope that, that uh, Jeremiah has given the people. The destruction of Jerusalem is not the last event in God's plan for his people. They will be restored. But again, this this is uh, this is for us to look upon as a analogy of what God would do to a nation that reject Him, a nation that turns their back on Him, and we're seeing perhaps some of the signs of the moral decay in this nation. Like I said, with and with the abortions and with the LGBTQ and uh, feminism, all the things that are taking place in this, this nation could be a result of the moral decay of turning away from the word of God. And also there's moral decay in the church as well. When you got people that, you know, starting to hear more and more, you know, one of the big things that, you know, you don't, you can, I if I was listening to Ken Jones this weekend, he was talking about the the idea that people see themselves as they have distorted the view of the priesthood of of the people of God, and saying that we are our own priests. I, I can, you know, in a sense where uh, we're individual priests out doing our own thing. I can have church wherever I can have church in my home. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church. I, I don't need to go to church and, and for, for communion. I, I don't need to do all of that. I can do that in my home. Moral decay, even in the church. People turning away from the plain teaching of the word of God. And, and, and so what's the point of all of this? We need to give, we need to repent. We need to be careful. We need to give heed to what God has said in his word. Because if God did this to his people, his treasured people, the chosen people of Israel, if God allowed this to happen to his people in the Old Testament, man, what would happen to the world who reject Christ? And how sad it would be for us as the people of God to, to turn our back upon the word of God, where God has claimed and instructed us in his word. Uh, you know, things like this, it, it should make you sit up and pay attention. Sort of like when I was coming up, they would uh, have this, uh, this, this. Uh, it was later on in my adult life, this heaven gates and heaven gates and heaven gates and hell's gates or something like that. And they would try to scare you, you know, be the devil and all that stuff running around. Well, Jeremiah is trying to get our attention and say, you appreciate the privileges that you have in Christ and don't take that for granted. Amen. Father, we thank you. I know this was a long section in scripture, but it's instructive for us as your people. Because when I think about what Paul said in Romans 12 and 1, looking back at the mercy of God through Christ, that the people of God that we even here today who are in Christ have experienced, the Apostle Paul said, he said, I beseech thee, 
by the mercies of God, by the by the look back at the, the mercy of God and how merciful God has been to you in Christ. And he says, based upon this, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your re- this is the most reasonable thing for us to do is to give ourselves wholly to God. But the church fathers, just sad to say, many churches look like the world. They're not concerned about being like Christ. Things like music is more important. Children's ministry is more important. What the world think about the, the, the church is more important to them than what you think about the church. Father, I pray that you would bring, in a sense, a revival to the churches of this land. Many who have compromised the truth of the word of God and embraced the world and are friends with the world. I pray that you would bring a a revival to to those who know you, who have have turned, in a sense, away from, from you to the world. Focus, bring their focus again upon the Savior who died for them. Because in my mind, I think things are going to get worse than what they are. Because the world is so against the word of God, there will come a time, and it is perhaps near where, even listening on on the news the other day, how on this day, on Mother's Day, uh, in 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 churches that there are people who are going to go in and protest in churches, protest for abortion. This is where this nation has gotten. Where people are, they see it right to 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 go into a a, a place where 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 that that is considered to be the house of God and to protest death. How 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 far this nation has fallen. Nation that was, in a sense, built in some sense upon the word of God, upon the principles of scripture. And Father, have mercy upon those churches that is embracing this type of debauchery. Who is saying things like, that like abortion and homosexuality is okay. We got to be accepting and compromise the truth. Have mercy upon us, Father. Have mercy upon us. Be gracious to us in Christ. Those who know you, be gracious. Those who are the elect, save them. But be merciful, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.